there's something outside. What is that? Radio, Shane Corson here, and I have a couple of friends with me tonight. It's going to be kind of a fun show. We're just going to discuss a variety of topics. One of the topics we're going to discuss tonight is something I've coined the Bigfoot buzz, and we'll talk more about that. I think it's very relevant to this subject matter, very relevant when it comes to research and the individuals involved, and just the general concept about the Bigfoot buzz. I think you might find appealing. You might get a good laugh tonight because these two gentlemen and Chris Spencer and David Hallett, they're two guys that I admire and two guys that just like to have a good time and get out in the woods. So Chris Spencer, David, how you guys? How you good, doing, man. Good, good news. David, obviously you're on the East Coast. Chris is just down the road from me. Uh, we have a little bit of time difference here, but glad, David, you could jump on the show to talk about the Bigfoot buzz, but of course, uh, as we were talking about just before the show, David, you, you've written this song. I really, really wanted to play this song tonight, at least a portion of it, because it, it's a song that I, I kind of helped inspire. You included some of my words into this song, but really, you wrote the song, you played the song, so I, I really like it. I played it for a few of my, my friends, and they really really enjoy it and they they say it's one of the best kind of bigfoot related songs they've heard in a long time and so before i go ahead and play this song david could you just talk about how this came to be a little bit about the song yeah and yeah what it means to you yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah so folks out in radio land uh hopefully you can hear me um so shane had he and i had had a conversation about a month or so ago uh about you know, Bigfoot research and that sort of thing. And he had some ideas that he had down on paper that were just kind of encompassing about the whole research thing, Bigfoot, you know, seekers and what it takes to do that and that sort of thing. And um, Shane, thanks for trusting me to put a song together based on those ideas. Um, when I sat down to write it, I had two, two things. One is to reach an audience that can understand how we think as far as Bigfoot goes and Bigfoot research. And then there's that world. And then when you listen to the song, there's the other aspect, which is seeking answers, a journey, you know, um, all of these things that if somebody didn't know it was a Bigfoot song, they wouldn't necessarily know it was a Bigfoot song, right? It applies to a couple of things. And I think we nailed it. So, yeah, man, thanks for the, uh, for the inspiration for that, and thanks for trusting me to, uh, to do it. Um, the song is called Chasing Monsters. And, uh, yeah, if you like it, you know, obviously you can go on uh, Monster X Radio's uh, website. There's a link to it. Feel free to listen to it. And if you like it, download it. Glad to have you do it. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. I was very proud of the finished product, which you 
your creative mind and your talent with singing and playing the guitar and whatnot. Very proud of the the finale of this whole thing. It came out really, really good in my opinion. Before I play this, Chris, I know you've had a chance to listen to the song. What are your thoughts on this song? That's uh, best Bigfoot song I've heard ever. <laughs> Seriously. No, there's a lot of stuff. I'll be honest, my music tastes are all over the board, and most of the stuff where people are singing about Bigfoot out there, I really have no interest in, but this one's actually good. Dave has a great voice. Dude, I, hope it, I hope it lives up to it after all that. I mean, let's go. <laughs> it is. All right, it is. Well. It, it's, like Dave, it's like Dave said. It's uh, It could apply to many things. It doesn't necessarily apply to Bigfoot. I think he nailed it, and it talks about Bigfooters' journeys and what we're doing, but it also can encompass a lot of other things. Yeah, Not, well said, Chris. I think it'll appeal to a wide audience here. And so to premiere it, you're on Monster X. I know David kind of poured his heart and soul into this song. I'm going to play about I'm going to play about a minute of this song. So uh, here we go. It's the last light of the twilight. I'm lacing up my boots. Night falls down around me as a backdrop to the moon. I'm taking in the silence underneath a million stars. I'm out here chasing monsters, but I don't know where they are. And you don't stand where my feet step, and you don't know where I have been. I'm not trying to write the story. I am working on the end And I am standing on the shoulders Of the giants we all know I am picking up the pieces Holding on and letting go I wanted to play guys but I get captivated with that I song. I could listen more. to the whole <laughs> right? I know I could listen to the whole it's about a three minute song. I hope my listeners really enjoy the song and, and understand some of the underlying words in there. You know, standing on the shoulders of giants. Some may look at that as like Bigfoot. Personally, for me that's standing on the shoulders of your Grover Krantz's, your John Binner Noggles. And that's what that song is about. It's about for me, it's about the research that I've been doing that most people don't know where I trek to, but I'm building that upon the shoulders of giants. And so it's a it's a very special song. David, I just got to say well done, my friend. Well done. Thanks, yeah, brother. I appreciate absolutely. it. Thanks, thanks for, the, for the inspiration. All right, let's talk about Bigfoot, man. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's talk some Bigfoot buzz. We can get into uh, – well, we're going to talk a little bit about an experience we had at the Mount Rainier area, but one of the – reasons I got you two fellows to jump aboard this particular show is because we were sitting around Mount Rainier. David, you flew out from the East Coast, and Chris, you drove up from just south of me. We met out Mount Rainier, got to hang out, do a little Bigfooting and whatnot, spent a couple of days together. Really cool experience. And we were talking about 
how people, when uh, individuals, whether it's researchers or campers and whatnot, they get together and they, specifically researchers uh, or so-called researchers, investigators, those involved with the Bigfoot phenomenon in general, they'll get together in groups and, you know, when they're out in the woods, they'll hear an odd sound or they'll see something and then all of a sudden, and I've been around these groups, I'm involved with this sort of stuff in the past. It's made me really reflect upon what I'm doing with my research in, in these groups. And somebody will hear like a scream or knock or even if it's known to them, maybe it's unknown, but then they'll kind of gather together and they get this sort of buzz like, oh, my gosh, did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. What do you think it was? And all of a sudden it, it gets bigger and bigger. And before you know it, everybody's kind of drunk on Bigfoot and it's everything's Bigfoot after that. I mean, do you guys understand what I'm saying? We've kind of talked about this before, Chris. I mean, I know you've been involved with research for quite a while right now. Have you experienced this in your own endeavors? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've gone out with a number of groups and, um, yeah, and I, I've even, I've gotten jacked up myself, excited about stuff myself, but when you reflect upon it, and I always carry a recorder on top of my head and review the audio, it's like, um, no, that's a perfectly explainable noise, and we were all getting excited about it because we all creeped out that someone had an experience. Not to say people don't have an experience, but every experience that I've had has come when thinking about Bigfoot, wasn't talking about Bigfoot, was just hanging out with people, and just out of nowhere, something happened. And, you know, that's true for X1, where I've, I've had several interesting experiences up there with when you least expect it. It's not when you're looking for it. It's when you least expect it that something may occur. David, what about yourself? You know, I mean, you've traveled, you're doing some Bigfooty stuff out there on the East Coast area, you know, but I know you've traveled out to the West Coast. You came up to the Atlanta Project, hung out, and you do have some experience, and you've been around the block. You know, you had a podcast called Bigfoot Ground Zero, and you've talked to certain individuals. What's been your experience have you seen this so-called Bigfoot buzz take place uh, in the Bigfoot world? Yeah, uh, yeah, um, but it's mostly, um, it's funny, my experience is a little bit different because I've recorded and done things out here in the Northeast, done things on, on recording, and I don't act nearly the same as I do when I'm out with a group of people. And it's funny because I get roped right in. And all my friends will tell you, I mean, you guys know, we've been out in the woods. And you're like, dude, no, relax. It's an, it's an owl. Um, it's it's funny because I think knowing I'm susceptible to it, it kind of irritates me. But when I'm in a group, I get excited, you know, and everyone gets excited. And you, you hear a sound, and I don't know, you're predisposed to thinking that the hairy thing's going to step out at any time. So if in that part, it's a Bigfoot, you know, and that's, oh, 100% I thought it. I believe we're all kind of guilty uh, of this. You know, you get in these groups. Um, even, you know, it doesn't even have to be – you can get a buzz all by yourself. <laughs> you know, you don't need anybody around. Right. You can get a buzz about you. And uh, I, what I've noticed is the bigger the group, the more it tends to be wishy-washy. You know, you get in these groups and people get excited. You know, it's fun to watch a football game on TV, right, by yourself, and you get excited. But – you got a group of people together that are fans of the same subject, the th- same team, and they're rooting for it, and they're, you know, they get all excited. And, and I've noticed over the years with certain groups, 
and individuals, you know, that this Bigfoot buzz seems to kind of take over the whole real aspect of real research or real solid research or real what, you know, real getting down to the nitty gritty and, and going, okay, ruling things in or ruling things out. It seems to be that when you get these groups together, that kind of goes out the window for the most part. You know, I, I, working with the Olympic Project has been really fun for me because we can get a group together, you know, of Olympic Project members, and we don't come from that approach. In fact, when we hear something or see something or find something, we're trying to rule out everything or rule in everything. And so, but we're well educated on the subject and also very deductive in what we're trying to produce. Chris, what is, when it comes to the, what I coined the Bigfoot buzz, what is your biggest issue with, I mean, are you a fan of smaller groups, big groups, individuals? What, what's your take on, on that? Do you think the Bigfoot buzz plays a part in bigger groups or smaller groups or across the board? For me, it, it depends on who you're going out with, but I have to take from some of my experiences. and I've gotten to go out in big groups. Generally, the big groups I've gone out with have been groups of people who have never been in the woods or limited experience in the woods. And um, they're, you know, some of them are camping for the first time. So, I generally a bigger group, and uh, I I think it's 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 really easy to get the bigfoot quote unquote buzz going. Um, when I go out in small groups, I'm usually going out with people. I've known a while, uh, researched with, um, and so when we go out, there's not like, I mean, it takes a lot to get our attention. Um, but these bigger groups, I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I know some people like taking bigger groups out, and they think that attracts the Bigfoot. I personally don't think so. Uh, it's, some people claim that, you know, with their bigger groups, they had more experiences in those bigger groups. And uh, I think they had more experiences because you had such a big group and you had so many different people out there, some of them with experience and some of them without experience in the woods, hearing things they've never heard before, things that me and you and have heard because we were going out and doing this and we were recording a lot and I listened to a lot of audio and I've, I've, I've learned a lot since I started doing this. So when I go out, I've already, you know, I can, I can uh, say, uh, yeah, that's an owl, and yes, song sparrows do whistle at night because I've recorded them whistling in the middle of the night. They get woke up. Birds will wake up in the middle of the night, by the way, especially if there's a raccoon or something or a rat or something trying to crawl into their nest. They'll wake up and make noise. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I, I'm not a fan of Bigfoot mimicking. Um, when you hear a song sparrow in the middle of the night, that song sparrow just woke up for a reason, and it probably wasn't because of Bigfoot. But I think what I was going to get at, as researchers like you and I, when we do go out with people who are not as experienced, it's our, kind of our responsibility to teach them what we learned. Because I used to um, think a lot of things were, uh, were not right or not, you know, not normal. Because, you know, when you first get into this, you go out there and you hear things that you never heard before. Even though I've grown up hunting and fishing all my life, I've never started recording and actually focused on what I'm hearing before like I do now in the last four years. And when I first got into this, you know, well, 
for example, I was recording a bull elk and I just knew that it had to be a Bigfoot for a long time, but I figured it out. So because I've had that experience and I've been the one to, to misunderstand what I'm hearing, I need to be able to share that with those that haven't had that experience and are having their first experiences out in the woods, if that makes sense. Right. I know uh, David's going to jump back in here. David, I know you had further comments on this subject. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting how how I have a background in, in day-to-day um, work in the advertising world. And one of the things that I think is appropriate to this conversation is these micro moments of engagement. And they're all around us, and they're and they're managed by three parts of the brain specifically. One is the amygdala, the other is the limbic, and the other is the prefrontal cortex, or what they call the executive brain, which makes the decisions. And what happens is, is when you have an experience, whatever it is, and again, this is firing off in a, in a millisecond, uh, these moments of engagement, your amygdala tries to bounce that memory off your limbic brain to have some kind of reference for it. So it's a library of experiences, so to speak. can't reconcile that. There's almost this cognitive dissonance between the two, and your executive brain has to put together what it's hearing. Um, the hardest thing to do when you're out in the field is to do just that. Um, and when you're in a group of people, and again, I hate this about myself because I get all excited, as soon as somebody goes down that road of Bigfoot, it's so easy to to go down that road of Bigfoot. Um, I think what you have to do is you can't keep your brain from working the way it works with those components because it's firing all the time, even when you're asleep. But what you can do is take a step back and say, okay, prove it. And I like to think I've gotten better at it, but yeah, for sure I've seen it in, in groups. Um, when we were at uh, the public uh, expedition a year and a half, two years ago that I was at, um, the one that uh, uh, Dr. Meldrum gave a great talk on, on the Patterson-Gimlin film, and we were all amped up, and we went up that night, and uh, you know, I had a campfire. There was a number of us up there, and we heard what we thought was a, was a hey or woo, right? And come to find out when you listen to it on audio, yeah, something's there. Now, of course, because we got all excited, we stepped on the sound because immediately when it happens, everyone jumps around. But you could feel the excitement in the group go up. It was palpable for sure. We didn't get carried away, but that's a good example of people who I think there's some experience behind it that when that moment came, everyone was able to kind of pull back a little bit. Hey, that was a cool sound. I wonder if it is, but boom. And that's about as far as it went. I've been out with people who swear everything is Bigfoot. Um, So far, nobody in the Pacific Northwest, I think you guys are pretty jaded as far as experiences go. And I've heard you guys in some recorded in uh, situations where, man, that sounds like Bigfoot to me, but everybody's pretty calm. But I can tell you I have friends that I've gone out with here in the Northeast, you know, New Hampshire, Maine area or whatever. For sure what I'm hearing are bullfrogs, but they're certain that it's something talking in the woods. Or, you know, I know what a fox sounds like. Or, you know, there's just a ton of things out there. But, man, you get into a group of people, and even the most seasoned researchers, the people that have been out there a long time, it is so easy to get caught up in that wave. 
it's not hysteria, but like to your guys' point, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a buzz. But anyway, that's kind of how I see it. Wow, man, that uh, well said, well said. I know that. I mean, I was really stoked when he came out uh, this side of the country and, and got to experience kind of some of the stuff we experienced uh, with specifically speaking about the scenery. Got to learn a little about how we research and whatnot. Wait, wait hold on a second. Yep, hold on a second. Yep. What? What? It, what? Well, hold on. Someone gets inspired 
by whatever wants to go look for Bigfoot in the woods. Well, you need to know about the natural animals in the woods. But if you're going to go hunting Bigfoot, you better start with learning about your natural environment that you're looking for Bigfoot in first. And then eventually when something weird does happen, as far as I have to speak from audio-wise, you learn what is known out there making noises and known animals make so many different noises. It's ridiculous. And I've learned so much in the last four years. And I mean, I used to think I knew everything, but no, I, I, I didn't. It doesn't matter how long you've hunted, how long you've fished, how long you've logged out in the woods. You haven't heard everything until you put a recorder out there every single weekend and come back, listen to it and look at it on a sonic visualize. All of a sudden, Animals that you thought you knew are doing weird stuff, and and that's how that for me that's how I look at it. So when I hear something weird out in the woods, it's it's got to be pretty darn impressive for me to get excited about. Um, you know, oh, I'm gonna finish with one example. I went on a public expedition in 2015, and I was asked to play some of my audio, and I played a barred owl before the night walk happened. There were several individuals that did a night walk and decided to camp out several miles away from the main camp. And they came back the next morning and they were like, thank you so much for playing that barred owl because we heard one. And if we had not heard your barred owl, we wouldn't, we would have thought it was Bigfoot. So it was, you know, that was the, that made me happy right there i want to be able to help people with that because i I think a lot of people have the best of intentions when they go out and then they hear something weird like a barred owl and don't know what anyways i'm done yeah no that's a that's a great that's well, you, a, a great great example chris go ahead david no i was gonna say i think uh chris you get a medal of valor award for what you do because you talk about the bigfoot buzz you know you put something out and you can clearly state what you think it is in a logical manner and take, you know, be a, as objective as you can. But the Bigfoot buzz will creep in, and suddenly it's an alien landing, you know, four feet from the recorder and all these other things going on. And you're like, dude, it's not that at all. And I, I'll tell you what, I just recently weighed in on a, on a uh, recording of something that I thought it was. And the next thing you know, you've got a ton of people weighing in. And the problem is, is they don't know what they don't know, and they don't know to make an educated opinion on it. And it's not a knock. What it is, is if somebody doesn't understand a process by which you get to a decision, then it, it, it's not like they can't comment on it, but they can. But as a researcher, Chris, I see where it can get frustrating because you're like, well, wait a minute, you need to know what the surroundings were, what the time and I or day it was. And once you have all these parameters in place, then you can make a decision. But, man, that Bigfoot buzz creeps in, and I, I see you having to deal with it. So And you, and you, Shane, as well. I'll never post anything again. I'm all set with it. But, yeah, you can see where <laughs> it creeps in for sure. I just recently – I have a YouTube, and I, and I use YouTube to post sounds because it does a better job of – putting out there for people and it was i i have a lot of known animals on that and i plan on adding some more known animals on it just so people start hearing 
uh, what they might think is a Bigfoot. You know, I got Bardells on there. I got some really good Bardell action the other day that was kind of cool, and I'm going to post it on my YouTube. And so, yeah, every once in a while I, I get a suspect sound where I, I can't say it's a Bigfoot, but it doesn't match anything else. And that's all that's and believe me, I get freaking amped when I get certain things. Um but in, at the end of the day I want I want to put more out so people will start understanding that um, you know, known animals they they make crazy, crazy freaking sounds. Anyways, we've talked about this before, Shane. I don't need to ramble yeah, we anymore. Have, but you know, it's like I always say <laughs> When you and I've mentioned this on the show before, but when you walk into a room, you know you walk into a room in your house and you stub your toe, you make sounds that you don't know you were capable of making, and that goes with animals. You know, if an animal's out there, you don't know every uh, sound and noise an animal can make. But when it comes to the Bigfoot buzz, there's a lot of individuals, like you said, Chris, and and that get out there that don't know every sound, don't know everything that an animal can make, and aren't familiar with the animals in the area. When they hear something. You know, especially when they're on these group investigations or, or public expeditions and they sign up and or they pay for them, uh, they, they kind of have this expectation a lot of times, if not said otherwise, you know. And it's kind of like they show up and they're handed, you know, a bottle of whiskey and they take a shot and it's like, there you go, you know, partake <laughs> in this Bigfoot buzz, you know, get your buzz on because it's going to be, you're almost guaranteed something to happen, which is uh, utter bull crap. I was going to say, you know, I think it's great that people go out in the woods and experience the woods, whether it's Bigfoot inspired or just inspired to go out and see nature and stuff. But I, I promise you, people that pay to go on an expedition are looking for an experience, and by God, they're going to have Absolutely. One. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's a fact. I mean, I if I was to pay for an expedition and I went out and spent the money to fly across the the um, country, I by gosh, I'm going to have a Bigfoot experience, and I think that happens a lot, and especially when you get these bigger groups together, you know, there could be some seasoned, good, very good researchers within a group, but if if that seasoned, very good researcher has 35 people who have limited experience in the woods out there, guess what? You're going to have chaos. Um, and I've heard yep. chaos before at several of these things where I was invited to go. And, you know, <laughs> it's to me, I think it's great when, uh, when a person first gets into this subject, because I did. I mean, I did. I, I, I paid to go on an expedition my first time. It was an Olympic project expedition. And that's where I met most of my friends like you, Shane. And. And stuff, and I, you know, I'm not trying to say one expedition is better than another, but I really enjoyed that because it wasn't all about going out in the woods and getting the Bigfoot buzz. It was going. It was more about learning about the Northwest, the woods, um, basic stuff everyone should know just when they go in the woods. And that's that's what's cool about the OP is they they have actual talks by different people, professionals talking about you know whether it's casting tracks or david ellis uh how he does audio that's where i learned how to do audio but also there's survival basic what you should have in your day pack when you go for a hike 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all about Bigfoot. It was more about how to, um, go out in the woods and deal with it and encounter it the best way possible, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, it, we haven't done a, a public expedition for quite a while now, but when we have, one of the things we never guarantee is a Bigfoot experience. I think that's ridiculous when right. we can guarantee right. that. I mean, it's just silly. What we do guarantee is you're going to learn something. You're going to take something away if you are if you want to get into or you're, you're already into the Bigfoot phenomenon research-wise. You're going to take something away. You're going to talk to and listen to some amazing speakers, like we've had Dr. Jeff Meldrum up there, Thomas Steenberg, Cliff Berrickman, the list goes on and on. Myself and James Milling and Derek Randall's put on a kind of a, a survival class, that, you know, what to pack and whatnot. And that stuff, you know, you can take a lot of weight. You know, I've been to a few really good expeditions outside of the Olympic Project that I'm like, wow, I actually learned something and took something away from that. And I avoided the Bigfoot buzz. And that's what I've found over the years to be really frustrating with this research is dealing with that stuff. That Well, that's, that's, a, that's the thing. It's like I'm really passionate about this, and, you know, I consider myself fairly scientific. And the fact that I, I get – because I'm looking at this – because one of my best friends from college, he's he's got a master's in biology. He works for Cancer Research Institute. Um I mean, we've hunted and fished together forever, and he thinks Bigfoot's a joke. And I've been able to show him some stuff where he's kind of paused and been like, well, that is weird, but he just blows it off. And so for me to not only educate novices, it's like educating some of my friends who are part of that scientific community that that don't take it seriously. He's I mean, he's willing to listen to this stuff now that he wouldn't listen to before, and he flat out told me, he's like, okay, that's that's uh, absolutely something very strange. I was going to add to that, that it's, I mean, the scope is, is even larger than that. We're talking about out in the field. There's people that don't want to know anything. They don't want to know. You know, I've, I've been in situations. I was at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference uh, this year, and I had some interesting recordings. Chris, I bounced these off of you and you too, Shane, stuff I got up in New Hampshire that I was bound and determined not to even put any credence in, and you both said, hey, there's something interesting here. So, No, yeah, there was definitely to... something interesting there. <laughs> so then when I went to, uh, and, and these are things that I'm just going to keep to myself based on what I've learned, but when I went to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, you sit around these campfires, I'm the geek that pulls out the laptop and goes, hey, send me your file, we'll analyze it right now and see what it is. And it was like crickets around the campfire because people don't want to know. It's oh, like yeah. they don't want to know if they're wrong, and it's almost the same thing if you go on on Facebook. I mean, you can't shake, you know, swing a dead cat without uh, without hitting a, a Facebook page on Bigfoot. <laughs> and look, let's be honest. I mean, I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. It, there's th- like, look, even stick structures, which may damn well be Bigfoot related, until we see one actually building one, then. We don't know. Hush your mouth. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> hush, I get hush. it. I get it. There's very, there's, I, there's, I love you, David. There's very strong evidence. <laughs> now, but listen, but listen, this, there's very strong evidence. But my point is you can go to these, these groups, and it's a whole Bigfoot buzz group in the sense that 
if you try to ask these questions objectively, you get landed on. And you can be sincere oh, yeah. about it. Well, how do you know? And bring this to the forefront. Because, Chris, what I'm saying is I, is I believe, based on what we know about primate behavior, that absolutely, A, we don't know any other animal that has opposable thumbs out there that can do these things other than, you know, a primate of some sort, right? So there's, there's reasons to think that it could be, but we don't take that step further and say, hey, here's some stick structures that Bigfoot made, and suddenly you've got 10,000 people in a group opining, and the next thing you know, Bigfoot actually built a fort way out in the woods of Ticonderoga out in New York, and, like, there's this whole, like, thing built in, and that's the ultimate Bigfoot buzz. I've actually gone into those groups, and I'm telling you right now, that I have, like, ruined people's day to the point where suddenly I can't get in the group anymore, and I will say that when I find that Bigfoot ball, it's shocking, when I find that Bigfoot ball rolling, I just, I have to say something. It, there's actually, it's not even big, but you can watch these in our day and age with YouTube and Facebook and all the different aspects of social media. People are out there worshiping other people. I mean, literally. Nothing like they build up a following, and like you said, on some, you know, some YouTubers, like me and Rebecca, we watch a lot of homesteading uh, YouTubes because. We have a backyard farm, whatever. But there's like a whole controversy between two different homesteaders that do things differently. And there's a following. If you make one just logical question or observe, you just observe something and point something out, you get attacked by a thousand of their followers because they worship these people and they take everything they say for the gospel as gospel. And, Chris, I worship you. Uh, I worship you too, Shane. <laughs> okay. But you so know, now we got a little buzz going on. This just got weird. Yeah. This just got weird. But it, it's, 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 it's not just, it's not just a, a Bigfoot thing. It's definitely, oh my gosh, it's definitely in the Bigfoot community. But it's a it's a human, and um, a lot of people just they don't want to think for themselves. And well, when someone's ca- charismatic. And knows how to put stuff out there. They're they're gonna hook, line, and sinker. The the psychology term for that is cognitive dissonance, and we talked about that a minute ago. And it's a little bit different than the way the brain parts work. Um, and you can see this in politics. I'm not gonna get typically go down this road, but but people can kind of get what I'm saying here. When you have cognitive dissonance, what that means is there is something that you're absolutely 100% sure about, and you would you would go to a firing squad knowing this, you know, and what happens is when you're presented with evidence or a question that shakes that foundation, then you have to make reasons and excuses why and how that could have happened because it shook your foundation. You see it politically when leaders get elected that, you know, another party person figures that how the hell could this person have gotten elected? Suddenly you find people (laughs) who are normal regular citizens start literally going crazy. And you see that in the Bigfoot world, too, because because of this Bigfoot buzz, one of his personalities on air, to Chris's point, to your point, Shane, will start putting these things out, and for whatever reason, suddenly, just like in the woods, now you're buying your computer screen, and people start pontificating on things, and there's no basis for fact. Suddenly it's gone, but now you're in the world of this is real, 
So maybe Chris or myself or whoever comes into a group and simply asks the question, how do you know that for sure? Oh, baby, it's on. <laughs> yeah. Well, to your point, David, um, you're so smart, man. Bring bring back Bigfoot Ground Zero. You speak logic, and no way. you got a way of – Yeah, Oh, yeah. Bring it back, baby. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, I'm done. Good stuff, man. No, oh. I – I had a secret, dude. I had a secret. Well, not a secret, but when I when I did that show, it only lasted. I think I made it like 20 episodes. But my goal in that was to meet people and to learn stuff. And I really feel like if you want to learn things, like immerse yourself in it, but start teaching it and start interacting, you'll learn a lot. And dude, I mean, if people, this whole new world is going to open up simply by having that show. It was a vehicle for me to meet a ton of really good people, you know. Yeah, I think you need to bring it back. Just don't open up a portal because I'm not going to enter that portal. But having said that, you did mention, you know, you brought some, a really great point, David. You brought up a great point about, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, the Bigfoot buzz in the woods and people going out in the woods. But you you actually brought up a really good point about the Bigfoot buzz online or in social media. That's a whole nother, uh devil. I mean, that is actually worse, I think, sometimes than – in the field because I can get I can jump online and post a picture, a very ambiguous picture that's probably a stump or something, and say that's a Sasquatch and it's amazing. I I haven't done this. I've always wanted to and I never will do that because once you go down that, that line you're a hoaxer. But I always thought, man, you could post right, a right. picture of a stump as I've seen people post and I've in, in some cases I've actually I actually know where that stump's at. So in some <laughs> right, and I, right. I, I I won't mention names, but you could post something like that or a picture of a dark shadow and go, uh, there's a Bigfoot. And just the other day I was looking at one post somebody had shared with me, and they said, oh, here's a dog man and a Bigfoot hanging out. And it was just uh, the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. It makes you either they're hoaxing you, they're crazy, or they really think they're seeing that stuff. And I go, wow, I mean that's just a power. You can share stuff instantaneously, and you can get a following so quick. And that buzz can go, uh, I mean, viral. It's nuts. I actually, uh, I actually got kicked out. Of, I got kicked out of a Bigfoot group, shockingly, uh, oh, over no. a month ago because <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys, do you guys remember that the hits? Right, I think it was. Um, uh, what's the one? I can't think of it now. Uh, something monster. Oh shoot, the History Channel show. It's super popular. Uh, gosh, I'll think of it in a second, but. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to my aid, guys. Anyway, so there was an episode that, uh, was, there was an episode, um, that it was up in New York, and it was the episode about the Bigfoot, and it looks like it's swallowing or engulfing something and grabbing it and running away with it. Well, as it turned out, and I know the guys that actually had the video on the, on the game camera, it was hanging there, and if you look at it, you realize it's a damn owl coming down. And when owls come down and they swoop on a prey, obviously the wings come down, and then they grab it with the talons and they go off. For some reason, this group had gone off the damn deep end, and suddenly this owl was a spotted Bigfoot, and the size ratio of what they were looking at was easily eight feet tall. And I'm thinking the camera was only five feet off the ground. You know, so it's like you and – and I posted the picture, and I had a, an actual – one of the ones that was burned off, and I posted it, and I said, guys – this is it. And I tried to talk about scale and everything else. And the next thing you know, it was, where the hell did you get that? Who do you think you are? Oh, it was insane. So, oh, yeah, you, you got to be really killer. careful. Now, the, 
I know. Well, the, the, the shit the server side of me thought it was kind of funny, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I just feel like sometimes you got to put it out there and say, guys, let's let's take a step back from, from La La Land here. Well, oh, you're, you, I yeah, so you are stories. a buzzkiller. <laughs> you're a buzzkiller, David. <laughs> Dang you, man. But uh, you know uh, what, though? Sorry. A lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, they don't want to know – facts they don't want to leave their buzz they want to stay in this continuing buzz you know right. they just want to be buzzed all day and everything people share online is you know another shot give me a shot give me a shot i i don't want to lose this buzz and they keep they keep pounding them down you know how many times i eat crow <laughs> i mean it's like <laughs> me it's, too <laughs> i'm i that when i post stuff i legitimately want someone else's opinion on it and if they point out something that makes sense to me i'll be like you know what? You're right. <laughs> Thank you. Because that and that's happening. Yeah, but you know, you know, I want to um, just let me say this about that though, uh, guys, and, and and for the folks who are listening out there for sure. If if you are in the camp of look, I want Bigfoot to remain mysterious. I you know, this topic. I think it's one of the last besides aliens or ghosts or whatever. And I don't mean to lump everybody in because they tend to be distinctly different camps, but what I'm saying is this is one of the last topics where there is some wonder and amazement and for some people magic and, and all of that. And, and you know what? That's okay. I think to sit around the campfire and, and tell stories about Bigfoot and get, you know, all goosed up and excited. That's cool. I mean, it's fine. And I, and, and you certainly don't want to insult people. I guess the frustration just comes in when people try to, to mix the two. Um, and that's where I get. So I just wanted to, to kind of be clear that, you know, certainly there's a part of me that still likes the mystery and the lore of Bigfoot. Um, I just try to temper that. So I wanted to I wanted to make that clear if that made sense. No, no that absolutely. Makes total sense. Makes total great sense. sense, David. No, I'm glad you brought that up because you know I'm not trying to kill a campfire story. I'm not trying to kill those in the, you know uh, the thought behind someone got to the woods. You know, it, it, first and foremost, get out in the woods, enjoy nature, and you right, know, if, right. you, if, if you enjoy the, the Sasquatch subject and you think you hear something ambiguous, well, I mean, maybe you, maybe that is a Sasquatch. Maybe it's not. No, get out in the woods. Enjoy your time out there. You know, I think like you, David, where I get frustrated, as, as with Chris, is when they try to mix the two and maybe post something when they claim to be a researcher and post something as fact. That's where I get a little frustrated, and then they try to pass it on to me. Right. But no, please. You know what? I don't know everything. I'm not an expert. Uh, there's plenty of mysteries out in the woods. There's plenty of uh, great stuff going out there. Enjoy that. Enjoy the experience. And right. I mean, that's you know, right. absolutely great point, David. Absolutely. I know Chris gets out there and uh, enjoys the woods just as much as I do. And David, when we have you out here on this side of the coast, man, do we have a good time. And, and, and speaking of a good time… Yeah. You were out here recently, David. You, you made the trip out here again yeah. to the West Coast. God bless you. And uh, you came out with Chris and I. Uh, let's talk a little about a little bit about your experience out here. Did you catch the Bigfoot buzz, or or just a, a buzz in general? <laughs> just well, a little bit of both. I think you guys did a good job in not letting me uh, get too far, you know, off the, uh, you know, I, well, well, I'm going to just temper that. But um, I think. Uh, yeah, I did get the Bigfoot buzz, but it was it was more of a nice mellow. You know, it wasn't like the full, 
buzz because I'm I'm whipping and listening and not jumping out of their skin when there's a sound, but also indulging people who don't really get out in the field that much when they want to do an Ohio howl. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but at the but you know at the end of the day, at the at the uh, the end of the day, it was a great trip, and I know we did have that experience. Maybe you guys want to talk about it a little bit. Um, and again, we experienced what we experienced. It is what it is, and it's not you know any more than that. I mean, certainly we did get excited about that, but it was more of, wow, is this like really happening? And we kind of tempered where it went from there. But man, I got to tell you, I mean, that's the Pacific Northwest is the real deal. I mean, that's where the majority of the sightings are. And uh, boy, there's some sounds that Chris, you've recorded and Shane, I know you have some things and, you know, there's, there's, there's a ton of sounds out there that visually don't look like anything else and just don't sound like anything else that's out there but they do sound like known things that are not there. So, yeah, man, I did catch the Bigfoot buzz, but I, I kind of tempered it a little bit because you guys didn't really get too excited, so it kind of helped me to, to maintain, you know? Hey. Absolutely. Chris, yeah, Chris, I know you can fill in some voids here. I, you know what's really cool, though? I just got to say, anytime David, you know, how it's out this way, that was a trip that I, I was like, man, he's coming out this way. I got to make this trip. And you took us to a couple of areas that I'd never been in before. I don't think David had been in before. And then we went to an area where we we were pretty familiar with, and we brought David along. But let's get in. I'd like to talk a little bit about our experience with David and why you brought brought us out to this particular area and uh, what we experienced, which wasn't much, if anything. But then, of course, we go to another location and did have something interesting happen. Yeah, uh, well, you know, this past January, me and uh, Rebecca and uh, Nathaniel, we had a pretty um, cool experience. Basically, we had some power knocks very close to us um, in the middle of the night. And uh, in, a, in the area that we were in, it, it, we we camped there specifically um because of the research Nathaniel had done on, on reports for the time of year and um, that particular area for that time of year had a, quite a few, uh, not only sighting reports, but um, I guess they call them Class B reports for people who were hearing vocalizations and knocking and stuff. So we we'd camped there in January, and sure enough, we actually we had a experience uh got it recorded and i haven't I've, I've shared it publicly but i wanted to since dave was coming out he was only coming out for a short period of time i wanted to get him in the woods and he wanted to see that area where we'd had our experience um and even though when we went the time of year pretty sure uh, the target subjects were not there, but I still wanted to take them there. And we, we went, we had a great camp out. I took uh, Dave out for a night hike um, with my thermal, and it was beautiful out. Um, next morning, we got up, and we went up. I had a game camera set on a ridge, and we hiked up there and picked up my game camera where I'd gotten a shot of a cougar. And um, There's a lot behind it. I mean, it's just a really nice, cool area but you know going out when Dave came out I honestly I wasn't expecting anything at all I because 
like I said before, nine times out of ten or ninety nine point nine percent out of a hundred times, nothing ever happened. Um, but we got up the next morning and decided to. Uh, I I kind of made the call because because Dave came out and I kind of felt like I needed to entertain him. I'm like, let's go to this other area, <laughs> and everybody was on board, so we we drove uh, drove a little ways, another hour and a half up to this other area. Got camp set up. Uh, Dave had jet lag, and he took a nap and. Um, once he got up, we went out for a little hike and looking around the area, and really we're joking around, laughing, got back to camp. Um, Dave played some music on his phone, and, um, you know, we weren't, I wasn't expecting anything. I really wasn't doing the whole Bigfoot thing. I'd put out recorders and stuff, but we were just enjoying each other's company and joking around, and then I'll I'll let you take it from there, Shane. Well, we were joined each other's company, and I decided to go up to this particular, like, kind of rock quarry, this snag area, and, you know, it's a little distance away. I wanted, I told you guys I was going to make a call, just yell up this mountainside, basically our last night out. So I thought, we got nothing to lose. It's not my go-to thing. I don't do knocks on a regular basis. I don't make screams or yells. But I thought, let me just yell up this area that, you know, it's an area we've researched over the years in an area that we've had a lot of suspect activity in and there's been sightings and it has a long standing history of Bigfoot, possible Bigfoot activity, including sightings. And I decided to go up to this area away from you guys separate and, and, and yell. And I said, you know, listen, and I did, I did a, a yell up the mountain and I was up there and I heard you, Chris, at the time, yeah. I wasn't 100 percent sure, I, I, but I, I, I heard I, I, I heard I a broke response. Protocol. You broke protocol. Yeah, me, me, me and Dave were sitting around fire, joking around. I don't even know what we were talking about. We were joking around, and we heard you yell. And Dave looks at me and goes, "Should we respond?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, why? Why the heck not?" So I yelled back. Yeah, and and you and made man, like that, kind of. I blame that on yeah. myself. I blame that on myself because I'm never serious about anything, and I kind of pulled Chris into my world for a second. So he broke protocol because of me. So we'll just leave it at that. My apologies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, so, dude. <laughs> well, uh, maybe maybe a little bit of Bigfoot buzz occurred that time around. I don't know. There was kind no Bigfoot buzz. I didn't. There, in my mind, nothing was going to happen. So I was just having fun. And yeah, I honestly, yeah, I expected absolutely nothing. Nothing, but uh, that's that's how we approach the subject matter. We we don't expect anything, and if we do, you're going into this with the the wrong mind frame. And I know you guys, uh, you guys didn't expect anything to happen. Neither did I. I went up there just because I thought, well, shoot, if you know, we we kind of trekked around, we did some hiking, we did a lot of different things. I thought, well, shoot. So last night here, I'm going to uh, in this area. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a yell. So I, I went out to this area. And I, I yelled up the mountainside where we we think, hypothetically speaking, hypothesizing that they may, tr- you know, Sasquatch may come down from the this ridge line, this mountain, and and go past the campsite and, and whatnot. You know, as, as history has kind of shown that in this area yeah. that this may be a possibility. But having said that, 
we did that, you know, and I yelled, and then you got, I was kind of, I was a little bit perturbed, uh, as I told you guys, that you <laughs> yelled back, I was, cause you broke protocol. <laughs> well, I sat there in that spot for, uh, well, I thought it was a, time, time kind of messed me up, because I thought it was uh, maybe a couple minutes, it was a little bit longer than that, and I heard this really no. powerful knock. And I went, doggone it. Now Chris has yelled, and now they're coming down the trail, and they knocked. And it perturbed me again. I went, ah. Now they're, now they're really breaking protocol here, and they came down this trail, and they're coming to meet me, and they knocked because it was close. It sounded super close. Uh, on my recorder, because I have it recorded, it was almost exactly two minutes after you yelled that the knock occurred. So it yeah. was two minutes. And it and so the audience knows it was dusk. It was getting very dark at the time. So Shane's probably 200 yards uh, behind us, and he's by himself. Go ahead. It was interesting on that um, because if you go back and listen to the recording, Chris and I thought maybe you were coming back to us with something because Chris, yeah. you can hear it on the audio. We're just talking. We heard it and we thought nothing of it. We just kept talking. No, and We heard it no, clearly I, and we're like, you know. And I specifically go, oh, it's just Shane coming down the trail. Yeah. And it yeah. was close. It, yeah. it was, it was, cl it was closer to us than it was Shane. It was like right behind camp. And then we sat there and it didn't, we were BS and, and then it dawned on me like, what's Shane doing? Because it was so close to camp i was expecting him to walk into camp you know 30 seconds later and almost 10 minutes goes by before shane walks into camp and when you walked into camp shane you didn't look very happy no he was, I, I, I was like somebody pissed in his wheaties i something yeah <laughs> no, he looked irritated first, I'm like, no first thing out of his mouth he goes did you guys knock and i was like no you knocked and he goes i did not knock <laughs> he was he was not a happy camper I, I wasn't happy because I sat up there. So that I after I made that yell and you yelled, I sat up there and seemed like it was to me it was seconds later I got this knock. Obviously, it was two minutes, and I expected you guys to be walking up the trail, and I sat there for like ten minutes waiting for you guys, and then I I started hiking down the trail, kept peering around the corner, peering around the corner, waiting for you guys to come up, and I'm like, well, I'm not seeing these guys. Where the heck are they? And as I got closer and closer to camp, I'm like, what the heck? Where are these guys? So eventually I make it back down to our campsite, and you guys are sitting at the camp, you know, the camp spot. And I was I was a little angry because, you know, you had made that yell, and um, I figured you did the yell and the knock. And after discussing with you guys, uh, you guys had never left the camp, and this knock was not you guys. And you guys thought it was me, and I thought it was you. And then it set in to me that, wow, I mean, in my head, I, I felt like I screwed up because uh, here was this knock that came in, you know, a, a very powerful knock, as I heard it. Oh, dude, I think this you was, got, you know, uh, it's baseball bat freaking full-on power knock. Yeah, but I guys, and, I guys, I think you're, I, I think, I think, you might be being hard on yourselves because the encouraging part of that, and if I'm listening to this objectively, and we're saying that, uh, you know, maybe there was a Bigfoot buzz involved with this, I don't think so because from an outsider standpoint no. and watching you guys interact, it was we were very calm throughout the whole thing. 
Um, now, maybe it's because we thought it might be Shane, and that's a good thing because we're assuming that it's not what it might be, so you're kind of looking past that. And I think when I look back on it, I'm more, I'm more ticked off that I was kind of level-headed through it and just talking with Chris, and it, and it happened because maybe what we heard was really legitimately the kind of knock you're looking for, and I'm not going to go all the way down that road, but I think you guys did a good job because nobody really got overly excited. Even when we started putting things together in the time sequence around the campfire, it was pretty it was pretty mellow. You didn't take the fun out of it. It was still fun, but I'm just saying, I, I would say if, for the folks that are listening, from the outsider's point of view, I think that, that guys are being a little like hard on yourselves because I think you did keep a, a level head throughout. You know what I mean? Yeah, I we guess. definitely did. No, I mean, I get. Yeah, I mean, we did. But well, it was it, just disappointing. It, it, somber, it, it sombered the mood, though. I mean, it was like oh, it did. where yeah. we were, you know, where we were joking around, listening to music, having fun. All of a sudden, we we're all just really. I was a little freaked out. I know Shane was a little freaked out because none of us expected it to happen, and I. I've heard. Well, what, I've what heard, freaked me out? What freaked me out personally was that once I realized it, it wasn't was, you guys, and you realized it wasn't me. I mean, it was a powerful knock. I realized that something had managed to get in between us and still make, uh, you know, something. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say Sasquatch because I I didn't see a Sasquatch hit or make right. that sound, you know, a tree, but. It was powerful. I remember standing up there going, oh, my gosh, those guys just beat the snot out of a tree. I mean it was loud, and it, I was like, oh, man, those guys suck. And as it, I came I mean, down the trail and didn't see you guys, I, my wheels started spinning a little bit, but I still thought, okay, they came up the trail, didn't see me, and they went back to camp. And I get back to camp, and you know, we kind of, you know, like we were talking about, realized that it was not me, it wasn't you guys, and then I got a little perturbed because I was like, well, crud! Uh, something managed to get in between us. Um, if, if indeed that's what transpired, because I didn't see it, because it was a heck. It wasn't a um, tree creak. It was a definite no, wood was, sound, like you said, a baseball bat was, sound. It, yeah, it, there was pop. no wind oh, at the pop, time. Yeah. There wasn't. It, yeah, there was. It was. It was definitely suspect for sure. And it was disturbing because, like you said, whatever did it was right between us, and none of us knew it was there. Whatever did it, right? We we at least when I left that whole situation and I thought about it, I'm like we kind of missed an opportunity possibly. Though we did, it was recorded. Chris, you have that recording. Um, I, oh yeah. You know I have yeah, and I I did go back up. You and I went back up the trail to the spot where I had uh, made the yell and put a recorder out there. We kind of capitalized on had, that, but we if we were more on our ball there, we could have got a little bit more, but maybe not, maybe not. Right. Well, to me, it was a it was confirmation to some other experiences. It was very similar to some. To, it was the the knock was exactly like what in January in the other area, and it and confirms for me the more if I'm acting like a regular human being out in the woods, I'm more apt to have an experience. If if I'm in an area and you do your research, and researching is not only going out in the field, but it's also looking at areas. And, you know, it's great that today we 
access reports of where stuff has occurred in the past, but also looking at the topography of the land and figuring out why would something like a Bigfoot be here? Yes, this definitely looks like a good place to camp and putting yourself there. Right. Well, guys, it's been a fascinating conversation. We're getting towards the end of the show here. But, uh, David, I mean, when are you getting your butt back out here, man? I'm thinking uh, it's probably going to have to be November. I tried to, I was looking for October, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm doing some fly fishing up in uh, Upper Connecticut River. So, sorry, fellas. If you can do some late season camping, and all right, fine, fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll do it. November is a good time. I know where we can go right. in November. And exactly. I'll make fish Excellent. tacos. <laughs> Dude, I know. Sold. They are famous. I'm telling you. I mean, I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, I, I hope the audience enjoys the show. It's been kind of a fun show. We're talking Bigfoot Buzz. I, I think a lot of the audience will appreciate our topic matter because, you know, it happens. It doesn't even have to be Bigfoot related. Chris and I have talked about this before where, and he mentioned this during the show, uh, w- with certain topics. People are people when they get caught up in something that they're passionate about or something they're interested in about whether it's fishing, NASCAR, football, cooking, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a different experience. Tonight, though, we're talking about the Bigfoot buzz when it comes to research. Thank you, David and Chris, for joining me on Monster X Radio tonight. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, guys. For well, me. <laughs> I'm going to play about 30 seconds of the Chasing Monsters song again because I just love it, and then I'm going to tune out and play uh, our uh, – uh, Monster X theme, but uh, thanks again, guys, for joining. You all have a great evening. Stay squatchy. It's the last light of the twilight. I'm lacing up my boots. The night falls down around me as a backdrop to the moon. I'm taking in the silence underneath the million stars. I'm out here chasing monsters, but I don't know where they are. And you don't stand where my feet step, and you don't know where I have been. I'm not trying to write the story. I am working on the end, and I am standing on the shoulders of the giant.
Monster X Radio.